DFSers, it's time to get divisional. That's what we're talking about this week, Bets. Let's get divisional. It's almost like let's get physical, but it didn't really stick the landing there. No, I, I think you you at least got it like close to the landing. It was it was there. It's kind of hovering over that. So uh, that was good though. I, I like that. Um, yeah, man, the division round is here. I mean, awesome, awesome games to talk about. I'm super excited for this weekend's slates. Uh, and just even being like a football fan, not even for DFS as much, just to watch these games is going to be a ton of fun. For sure, yeah. No, it when you look at these teams and then just even the quarterbacks that we have in play, I mean, these are really the best of the best that we have in front of us. And when you go down the line, you realize like almost all of these guys were first-round picks except for the old bums. It's Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Brees was almost a first-round pick. You know, who's just right there at the beginning of the second. But still, it's the old bums and then really the greatest quarterbacks we have in our sport right now. So, yeah, even if, you know, this is a time of the year where you just kind of, you know, scroll things down a little bit. You don't play as much. But this is a great week just for football in general. But for the DFS slate, we have some games that we get to talk about that have some huge implications and get to talk about some cash game plays, some GPP plays. But bets. Let's talk about that wild card weekend. Uh, what were your thoughts over uh, last week's slate? Uh, it was wild, as per usual. <laughs> you and I were texting a bunch, especially on the Saturday slate. There was a ton of uh, fun action in that Bills game, like came down to the wire, tons of fun. And then that Saturday night game, there was a lot of value to be had on the Tampa Bay side. However, Ronald Jones is dead to me. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, I literally never play Ronald Jones. And I was like, you know what? This is the week. This is a great pivot off of Tom Brady stacks. I'm going to do it. And then, of course, I just see the game unfolding in front of my eyes. And I'm like, no, this this isn't really happening. And I'll tell you what, Kyle. In the listener league, I literally, three minutes before lock, I never told you this. Three minutes before lock, I switched out Rojo for Leonard Fournette. How dare you? How dare you? And because I had a I had a couple players that put up duds and I was like I need to make up ground here to, to actually cash. And I chickened out. I was like there's no way. Like he's been phased out. They're giving the ball to Rojo and then I saw this happening and I was like you've got to be kidding me. So it was a fun weekend, man. And and those things happened, but uh yeah, Ronald Jones uh it is a name that I don't want to say anymore. You know, I am joining you in the obituary of Ronald Jones the second because, yeah, I would say that was one of my favorite plays of last week uh, for for many reasons. Uh, I'll also say that I went down with the ship known as Corey Davis. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there, he was a popular play. Like, in my cash game lineup, Corey Davis was the most popular player by far uh, in the cash games. I still ended up cashing because I was... Uh, kind of overweight on the Bills Colts game. I just kind of went all in, and that clearly was the game that um, you really wanted to go after if you didn't use the Browns and Steelers. On, um, but yeah, it was it was frustrating because the guys that we really like, Corey Davis, Ronald Jones, I mean, they really hurt us. And then another guy that you liked a ton, just straight goosed. He did. Uh, it's always fun when you can score the same number of fantasy points as these NFL players, as you and I did with our friends, Ronald Jones, Corey Davis, and John Brown. Uh, you just had Kyle and, and bets on that list. Um, zero points. And <laughs> I played him, played him in cash. Like it made all the sense in the world, but in some of those larger double ups and a bunch of head to heads, like he was rostered everywhere, like pushing like 60, 70%. So it didn't matter a ton. I still cashed a ton, even having John Brown everywhere because just so many people played him that it was sort of a, a wash. But um, playing him was the correct call. It just didn't work out, and that's kind of DFS sometimes. For sure. And, you know, I, in my wide receiver cornerback matchups, there was some some calls that I got to make that I think helped me gain a little bit of leverage uh, just looking at the specific matchups. But, yeah, John Brown was definitely the one that hurt the most. We'll talk about him in just a second, man. I mean, we're, he's he's on the board, and, you know, that Ravens-Bills game is going to be one that that's going to be super popular as well. But if you want our picks, DraftKings, and on FanDuel, we talk about the DFS pass. 
It's only $29.99. You can use the promo code DFSPOD to save a little bit more cash. And, you know, this time of the year, you only get two episodes of the Fantasy Footballers, but you get us. You get a DFS pod as well. And we're right here. We're with you. But really, we're the majority of our content. Uh, we can't fit everything into this show, so we get to put that out online. So if you want to check that out, um, if you have any questions, feel free to DM us. Uh, Bets is the Fantasy PT on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. We'd love uh, to talk to you guys. And just quick, I uh, have a couple of fun announcements. I got to announce this on Wednesday, and I know Betts is raising his hands. He's been a great friend through this. But, yeah, I got to announce that I am now fully in with the footballers. Uh, my full-time job starting in about a week will be uh, to produce our content uh, for our show, for the website, for some exciting things we have for the UDK. And then this next year, Betts, I feel like the DFS pod is just going to be even more bananas uh, for a lot of reasons. So yeah, I appreciate a lot of you guys reached out on Twitter and said thanks and you know congratulations and whatnot. But I'll also add there's some DFS news. I know I don't know if you saw all this bets, but in Minnesota and in Arizona, which is where the footballers are, they're talking about making DFS legal, which is great. So you know, any thoughts on that bets? Just for other people be able to get in on the action. I mean, hey, more is always better. Right? More DFS. Uh, if you're into sports wagering, more of that, it's good to, to help, um, I think kind of tie a lot of interest into the game. And it really is such a massive part of the NFL, the NBA, NHL to a degree. Like it matters so much to have people having some skin in the game that it's actually helping these, uh, these leagues. So it's good to see other States kind of getting on board, but yes, man. I mean, if we get more people that can play DFS, it is just, uh, it's better. It's better that way and, and really exciting times. And I think that's going to be hopefully something that's coming soon. But yeah, man, before I move on, I do just want to say like, again, like honestly, man, super pumped for you. Like you deserve this so much because of all the work you do behind the scenes. People don't know, like Kyle and I, when we hang up on this call every night, he's like, all right, man, like, he's like, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm, you know, working in the morning. He's like, all right. Yeah, me too. After I do these seven things and I'm up till 3 a.m. So like Kyle works his butt off, man, and super happy for you. So uh, congrats. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. And and I'll just say the the significant thing for us in our show and fans footballers is that DFS can be legal in Arizona. So any Mike and Jason don't really get to get in on the action. Uh, it's painful for them. You know, they get to play whenever they travel. They say they always get to, to jump in. But I think that's going to be something that really uh, helps our show and then helps people connect more to the fantasy footballers DFS products we have just our our content so yeah I'm excited for 2021 because we all know 2020 was uh was tough so uh yeah but let's talk about the main slate bets state of the main slate we got four games in front of us bet so it's narrowing down and for some people that's helpful because you can look at all the variables that you have thinking about six games or eight games, whatever it is. But with four games bets, uh, when they got eight quarterbacks, we have to choose from, there's really, you know, maybe 10, 12 running backs we're talking about. So th the variables are a lot smaller, but how does this change our strategy this week, knowing that we have four games to work with? Yeah, it changes a lot because on these smaller slates, you sort of need to be willing to think outside the box in large field GPPs. And what I mean by that is be willing to kind of build your lineups around different game scripts. For example, last week, it, you know, it was still six games if you played the Saturday, Sunday, but if you only played the Sunday, it was three games. And a lot of people didn't want to play Pittsburgh, Cleveland, right? It was kind of talked about as like a divisional matchup, like not that much scoring and oh my gosh, <laughs> that did not happen. That was an insane game. So be willing to kind of be different in your builds and make sure that your roster correlates to what you feel is going to happen in a game script. Um, and that's, that's my first tip. The second thing is in smaller slates, usually the best plays are correct 90% of the time. So if we're going to talk about these guys and say like, Oh, these are a cash game play. You can still play them in GPPs because they are such a strong play given the limited options. Just make sure you're be, being willing to kind of be different at one or two different spots in your lineup, not just play all the chalk because again, it's a small slate. We don't have as many players to pick from in the player pool. I think a really easy way to do this, especially the game script point you made bets is on a sheet of paper, just, you know, write out the matchup Rams Packers and then say, okay, what? How do I see this game play out? Because we know that Vegas thinks the Packers are, 
you know, about a touchdown home favorite. But ask yourself the question, like, what would happen if the Rams got ahead? Well, likely Cam Akers is probably having a, a big time. Maybe the Rams defense, which, you know, still number one in the league, uh, gets there. So just write out a couple of scenarios in front of you so you can actually see it. When you're just looking at the app and just scrolling through, it's easy just to kind of pick the players that you like. But on a sheet of paper, you know, kind of write out two or three scenarios and say, you know, maybe it's a Packers onslaught. Maybe it's just like Rodgers and Adams just go for it or or Aaron, Aaron Jones does great. So write out those scenarios. I think that's super important. And the last point I will make is defense is always a crapshoot when you do your DST. But in this four-game slate, you know, and you have eight defenses to choose from, there's probably going to be one defense that stands out. And I can't tell you who that is right now because there's some good defenses, but a defensive touchdown completely changes the slate in tournaments. So be willing to just think outside the box for defenses because who was playing the Browns defense last week, Bets? Oh, wait, that was. was me. Okay. <laughs> you we did were, too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. In cash. The only what happened is... I said, I only have this much money left. They're it. <laughs> like, that's the only team I could fit. So I did it. <laughs> that is the my exact reasoning. I got to the very end and I go, ooh, I have about 2,500 left. Perfect, the Browns. Why not? Uh, that game, by the way, you know, I remember doing the analysis last week. We're like, man, how are they going to do without their head coach? I mean, I was completely <laughs> shocked. And I, I will apologize a little bit, but I think every single person and their mama felt the same exact way about the Browns last week. So, yeah, the first snap over Ben's head, touchdown. I was like, okay, this is fine. They'll still come back. Uh, nope. Yeah. So Kyle, you're not supposed to really, I don't know if you know this, Kyle, you're not supposed to point out our bad takes. Oh, uh, just let, just the, this what we get right. So, uh, yeah, we were totally on that, bl- that blowout, like massive total game. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We're all about it. Yeah. No one remembers anything about Mike Glennon from earlier this year. You know, we won't <laughs> even talk about him next year on the podcast. So I'll let that sink in. And if people want to bring it up later, they totally, totally can. It's kind of like it, those of you guys, I'll give another podcast shout out. If you ever listen to JJ Zacharyson and, and uh, Denny Carter on living the stream, there's a call they made like five years ago on Nick Foles that people still bring up all the time, like as <laughs> the worst call ever. So if you want to bring up Mike Glennon a year or two from now, I can take it. It's uh, it's totally fine. Let's go to the first game bets. Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers, the one seed. Uh, Packers are six and a half point favorites, and this game has been bet down to 45 and a half. So what does that tell you that this game started close to 47? It's kind of gone down a point and a half. What does that tell you about just the game script? Yeah, I think in general, when you look at that, it sort of says, okay, um, there's an initial line that comes out based off the algorithm, algorithms and things like that that are set in place, and then people are betting it to come down. So they're putting money on the under where it was at. At 45 and a half, it is the lowest total on the weekend. So it is the game that is likely to carry the least amount of roster percentage. And I think we should follow that trend with Vegas. Now, six and a half point total, or excuse me, spread for Green Bay is relatively lofty for a game that is this low of a total. So it's telling us the Rams are not expected to do much if you go with what Vegas is telling us, which they have less than a 20 point total. They're 19 and a half. That's the lowest on this slate. So Vegas is usually right. Don't mess with Vegas. So if you are building game scripts around this game, certainly you want to be a little underweight, I would say, on the Rams and a little bit more aggressive playing Packers if you're going to go with this game stack. Yeah, even though it's low, their team implied total for the Packers is third best. So really, this sets up, like we mentioned earlier, for a Packers onslaught. And the hardest thing to project about the Packers is if you look at their pace stats, they're dead last in terms of neutral game script and pace of play, like they're dead last, but that actually isn't a great stat. I will say like, I'm the person that writes the pace of play article each week, but this team is first in points per drive, second in yards per play. And they're the best in terms of early down and third down. They're just the most efficient offense. You know, I would say they're more efficient actually than uh, Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, especially lately. So it doesn't really matter to me when you look at their pace because Aaron Rodgers throws so much inside the 20. He has the most completions of any quarterback inside the 20 and the highest completion percentage. He's completing 73% of his passes inside the 20. And so that's why we like the Packers is because you know they're going to score. 26 points, even against the Rams, seems reachable. Uh, but 
overall, like this game is probably the one that you want to stack the least because when you look at like how are the Rams going to get there it is kind of the issue. So is it really as simple as just saying if you want to go this route to just go Rodgers and Adams? I think to a degree that makes a ton of sense. Now, again, we talked about this last week in saying like, you know, this Cleveland Steelers game doesn't make that much sense. I don't know how they get there, all those sort of things. And if you were contrarian in your builds with GPPs and you played a lot of Steelers and you played a lot of uh, Browns, it worked out for you perfectly. So I'm not saying don't, you know, don't stack this game or don't play Rams. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I just think if you're building, let's say, 10 lineups. Maybe I'll make one that's a little bit heavier on this game just to have some exposure to it. But I, I do think that this is one that if you want to keep it simple, I think Aaron Rodgers is in play. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams. And I, I want to talk about Devontae Adams real quick because there's a lot of narrative out there this week about Jalen Ramsey. Rightly so. He's a fantastic cornerback. Um, but, I, I mean, how are you handling Devontae Adams? Because I feel strongly that this is a, a spot where you just fade the matchup. Because Devontae Adams, the way they use him, they move him into the slot. He's got about 40% of his receptions this year and his touchdown catches running from the slot this year. Jalen Ramsey only lines up in the slot 11%. So I just want to give people a full vote of confidence. Like, play Devontae Adams just given the insane target share and the insane usage when they get inside the 10-yard line. Are you sort of on board with that, or are you more kind of fade him based off the, uh, the matchup? I'm with you. When you said fade the matchup, you meant like, hey, people are overvaluing the fact that he's lined up with Ramsey. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm with you because that that slot statistic is really one that's super important to me. And I remember tracking that earlier on in the year when he just went on a ridiculous run um, coming off that injury, early injury, middle of the season. This is the highest rate he's ever been used in the slot in his career. And you see when they get inside, you know, the 10, they're just saying, we're going to throw him the ball, but we're going to get creative in how we use him because of his size and because he's just a red zone monster. So I think on FanDuel, he's 9,000. He's a better value there. Um, this is probably the lowest roster percentage you're going to get Devontae Adams. Like the matchup is going to skew a lot of people where, you know, before he was usually chalk every single week. He's probably not going to be chalk this week because people will look at the Rams. So, yeah, I think Devontae Adams is, is a great play. And then Aaron Rodgers is a way better value on DK. I mean, you could play both of those on any site, but Aaron Rodgers, if you just wanted to play Aaron Rodgers naked, you can do that uh, on, hey on DraftKings. I, <laughs> I, <don't think> uh, <laughs> I don't think that's the craziest thing. But what about other Packers weapons? How are you kind of thinking about those yeah i think again it depends on the slate that you're, you're playing um in cash i'm not touching any other wide receivers for obvious reasons we just haven't seen enough consistency i do think uh marquez valdez scantling mvs we've seen him have those deep bomb receptions where you know it's like one or two catches for 50 to 80 yards and a touchdown and like that matters so much in gpps so i think he's a guy that you mix into your player pool in gpps if you're stacking aaron Rodgers. Outside of that, in terms of the pass catchers there, not a ton of interest for me for the other wide receivers. I will say, though, again, and I've talked about this on the show, I do like correlating my tight end with my quarterback because most slates, we have two studs on this one with Kelsey and, and Mark Andrews, so we'll talk about. But most of the time, it's really tough to find cheaper guys that you can plug in and you feel confident about. I mean, our boy, Bobby T, all this dude does is catch touchdown passes. So that's what you're hoping for in this matchup. And the Rams are good against the tight end, but his usage inside the 10 yard line has just been insane. He's fourth in the league in the regular season in terms of 10 zone targets among tight ends. So you love to see that. And of course we talked about with Aaron Rodgers, they're throwing a ton when they get in close. So you're hoping for that touchdown. Yeah. Robert Tanyan Harding is still somebody that I, I like. The Rams are actually allowing the highest tight end success rate of any team on this slate. Um, so I like him as a on DK at 4,200. If you wanted to pivot and you said, hey, maybe, <laughs> this is crazy to say, maybe Devonta Adams doesn't catch a touchdown. Isn't that, it's it's actually funny that it's crazier to say that than he will catch a touchdown. But, yeah, that's uh, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't mind Tunyon if you wanted to use him instead. But uh, before we go to the Rams side, let's finish up with Aaron Jones because I think he's kind of, the wild card here. I think a lot of times it's very easy to say Rodgers and Adams, but then when you have those explosion type of games from Aaron Jones, like he is a slate breaker. I remember 
Remember in week two, we talked him up and he put up 43 DK points and won people tournaments. So how would you be approaching Aaron Jones? I looked up the stat. In Green Bay's only two losses this year, he had 56 total rushing yards in those games combined. Like he was just kind of phased out. And so they're obviously favorites. So that that's good. But like, if you think that the Rams have any shot to win this, that Aaron Jones is not somebody you probably want to play. But what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, for me, he's not a cash play this week. Um, just with how much Rodgers throws when they're getting close, you sort of need that touchdown in, in volume and cash to get there. So I think he's a great GPP play. We've seen him just be insanely efficient, break off a, a bunch of long runs. Now, granted, the Rams defense has been fantastic. They've been really good against the run and the pass for that matter, but against the run. But I just think, you know, when when it comes down to it, the Packers know that this is their dude. We saw it last week. Uh, two weeks ago, sorry, in week 17, got 15 touches, played 70% of the snaps, and everyone was all hyped up about like A.J. Dillon, and is he going to come in and now this is a, a split backfield? No, this is the Aaron Jones show when it matters because last year in two playoff games, he out-touched Jamal Williams 39-7, to played 94 snaps. Williams only played 29 in those two games. So in games where it matters for the Packers, they're giving Aaron Jones the ball. So I do think he's a good GPP play. You're going to get a lot of leverage, obviously, off of Devontae Adams, off of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think that's just really clear. Like, if you're going to play Jones, you're probably not playing Rodgers, and you're not playing Adams. So it's just kind of picking which way you want to go in that that route. He's cheap enough, um, you know, in terms of, like, we know his ceiling, and I don't think he's that expensive. But on the Rams side, it's kind of hard to pick where you're going to run it back because Cam Akers is the obvious choice. Uh, but I just want to quickly mention Jared Goff. He's still dealing with his thumb issue. And I saw this stat on Twitter earlier. Wish I could give perfect credit. But since entering the league, uh, he's only played two games under 30 degrees. And he was bad. Like, he's yet to throw a touchdown through five interceptions. It's not setting up well for Jared Goff. But whenever he does, whenever in Rams losses, he's averaged 40 pass attempts, including 61 he put up against the Dolphins earlier when they were getting destroyed. So if you do think the Packers are just going to take control Goff is a dart throw at best. He's probably going to be the the lowest rostered quarterback out of you know all eight of these dudes. So uh, Goff and I don't really know what to do with Woods and Cup. I, I feel like they're just not strong plays this week. I do like Josh Reynolds, who's all the way down at 3,200. He's mispriced uh, considering Cup's dealing with an injury. So do we have any update on Cup? Yeah, he was a DNP three days in a row this week. So obviously we have that final injury designation on Thursday night. They play on Saturday. So monitor what happens there. Um, It's hard to get excited about either of these two guys, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, just because it's so run heavy. Like the Rams have gone so run heavy in terms of what they want to do. Now, like you're saying, if they fall behind early, then obviously we're going to project more dropbacks for golf and that helps the pass catchers. But it is a tough matchup. Um, and where Green Bay is weakest is against the run. So it actually might work out well for the Rams to keep this one close. So to me, Cooper Cup is a GPP dart throw, kind of same for me with uh, with Bobby Trees. And then, so let's just finish up about Cam Akers. The dude is getting the treatment we want, like 25 touches a game over the last five. Uh, at 5,700 on DK, Is he, where is he in terms of just like other running backs on this slate? Like it's Jones, it's Kamara, J.K. Dobbins, you know, where does he kind of line up in terms of your running back tiers? Yeah, to me, just because of the price, he's up near the top. Now, to me, and we'll talk about Alvin Kamara, but I'm I'm locking Alvin Kamara into a lot of my lineups this week. But he's a great salary-saving option, so I do think because of that and because of what we saw last week in a nationally televised game against the Rams, or excuse me, against the Seahawks, he went absolutely ballistic. And we talked about it entering last week. I was higher on him, I think, um, than maybe other people just because this dude was coming off a high ankle sprain <laughs> two weeks ago and the Rams said, we don't care. You're getting 25 touches. And he's just gotten so much work, 99 carries over his last four healthy games. That is insane. And the way you beat Green Bay is on the ground. So I think Cam Akers to me, when you're considering price is probably up at like my RB2 this week. So I'm going to play him in cash just given how much volume he's seeing. Green Bay is not only bad against the run. So even in scripts where you can project the Rams play from behind. They're allowing the third most receiving yards and third most receiving touchdowns to running backs. That's Green Bay. So either way, to me, Cam Akers on DraftKings at 5,700 
is going in my cash lineup. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's too much volume to ignore at, at that low of a price. So uh, in terms of just plays, I'd recommend, I mean, the, the Rodgers, Adams stack and then coming back with Akers is going to be the most popular from this game. Uh, if you wanted to just go contrarian, you would say, I'm going to play Aaron Jones in the Packers defense and just think that maybe, you know, Goff throws some interceptions. But uh, it's really hard to see a scenario where Rodgers doesn't come through. He's the league MVP. He's the most efficient quarterback maybe in league history. So it, it's just I can't really go anywhere else other than recommending Packers, uh, Packers stacks in this game. But give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I would go ahead and take Green Bay. It got down to less than seven. I think it opened seven and a half, then it was seven. Now it's six and a half. So at less than a, a full touchdown, I'll take Green Bay. I'm with you. It's just, I want to believe in the Rams, but I just don't think that they're there, especially if Cup's not going to play. Um, yeah. All right. Rams. Uh, Rams. We just talked about them. The Ravens <laughs> at, the, at the Bills. Rams are playing twice this weekend. <laughs> Ravens at the Bills, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Bills are two and a half point home favorites. This game is a 49 and a half point total. And Baltimore, although they're the five seed, I feel like a lot of a lot of people are are liking the Ravens, like what the, the role they've been on ending the season. Five wins in a row. They looked great last week against the Titans, but they play super slow. So there is a fear in this game that things are just going to be, you know, just slow. You looked at last week, like we thought that the Ryan Tannehill uh, experience was going to give us the over, but your snow model worked out for us, bet. So thank you for that. You saved some people some money. It's so funny, man. Every week, it's, you know, it's like Saturday morning or Friday night to get a bunch of uh, messages on Twitter. Hey, man, did it snow this week in Vermont? <laughs> it started out as like a funny bit, but it's so funny how it's actually worked every week. So we'll have to see how it does for next year. But yeah, I didn't play one Derrick Henry lineup last week, and obviously it worked. And that's because the Ravens have all three of their best run stopping defenders. Clayus Campbell's back in there, a couple other guys in the interior that can stop the run. So it worked. And I think this is a spot where, you know, I know Devin Singletary is popular. Because of how cheap he is, because Zach Moss is out. How do you feel about Devin Singletary? Because Baltimore, with those guys in, has been great against the run, and I think they can stop Devin Singletary. He's he's the free square if you're trying to pay up at other positions on DK at 4,500. Just because we know he's going to get the workload and that he catches passes. So in cash, I'm totally comfortable playing Devin Singletary. Baltimore has given up the second most 10 plus yard runs on this slate. So over the course of the season, they've given it up. And the thing about Devin Singletary is he's mostly been a between-the-20s guy. Like, he can get chunk plays. He can get screens and whatnot. So I think he's fine. He's not a ceiling play by any means. Uh, So in cash, I think he's fine uh, just because of the price. But if you're really, you know, attacking this, do you like Jackson or Josh Allen more in terms of quarterback? Because they're, other than Mahomes, I think they're the two best quarterbacks on the slate. Yeah, and they're both, I mean, honestly, the answer to your question is yes. I want exposure to both of these guys because the game environment is awesome. I think that the over could hit in this one at 49.5. I think we could have a real shootout in this game. It, it just sets up like perfectly for both guys. So let's start with Josh Allen, arguably the MVP uh, runner-up, probably will be, in most years wins the MVP. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind right now. And each week you put him in your lineup and you just wait for good things to happen because of how efficient he's been. He's adding so much value with his legs. And this week, there's even more reason to be excited about Josh Allen because of the fact that Zach Moss is out. And he's been the guy that's sort of taking that work from Devin Singletary. So I could see a scenario where they say, okay, you know what? Josh Allen is our best chance to win this game. It's not going to be establishing the run with Devin Singletary, obviously. So what if they run like way more like four wide receiver sets or put Dawson Knox as a, a slot wide receiver and run a ton of, of you know, pass heavy formations, it could work this week. And that would open up so much value for Josh Allen with his legs. The other thing with that is that Allen is tied with Zach Moss for the team lead in rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line. So no Zach Moss, they let Josh Allen just run from inside the 10 yard line. Like his ceiling this week is just insane. So to me, I'm locking Josh Allen in cash in tournaments. Lamar Jackson is absolutely phenomenal yeah i think he's probably the gpp play especially on fanduel 
He's so much cheaper than Josh Allen. He's at 8,000 on FanDuel. So I'm going to probably do the same as you. I'm going to split the difference and say on DraftKings, probably going to play some Allen stacks because Stephon Diggs is way too cheap on on DraftKings. And then I will probably be playing Lamar Jackson on FanDuel a little bit more because I know he's probably not going to get that 300-yard bonus by any means. Like, that's just not who he is. So, I, I mean, yes, you want both of these guys... Uh, their their weapons are intriguing, um, and let's just stay with Buffalo, and then we'll go back to Baltimore. Uh, Stefan Diggs is stupid cheap. Bets, why did DraftKings lower his salary after he went six for one twenty eight and one? I don't know, but it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I love it. We talked about it last week. How he was, uh, I think, the cheapest he had been in about a month on DraftKings, and now he's even cheaper than last week. It doesn't make sense. Now, with that being said, I mean, you know the roster percentage is going to be insane on Steph Diggs for good reason. He's a great player this week, even against a good secondary for uh, for Baltimore. But his target share is just so elite. I mean, he's pushing 30% with Josh Allen. So he makes all the sense in the world to be a cash game lock given the price. He's just he's just too cheap for what he is. So, um, yeah, again, another week. I feel like it's just kind of one of those, like, you know, like listen to last week and just insert that audio clip here because he's just as good of a play as he was last week. John Goose Brown. Yes, we talked about him earlier as goosing. I will go back to him this week. One, dude, he's got a revenge game narrative. Oh, which is the uh, secondary to the, the snow model. That's what sticks in the NFL. That's it. Maybe we need to add that. I'm dead serious bets. Next year to the DFS pass, we're going to add the snow model. And it's just really simple. People <laughs> click on that page and it just says yes or no. Did it snow in Vermont? <laughs> I will uh, I'll pitch that to the guys. See what they say. And we're taking sponsorships. If uh, you know anyone chain. that would, that would be, <laughs> that would be such a sweet setup. It, it, like, it is like the most, we should make it like super archaic, like a, like a really old GeoCities or like a really old website oh, that yes. just looks that just says yes. like pix- pixelated yes no uh <laughs> i can no, see it now john brown is just super cheap and uh he's on the field that's all we can really ask for for him and so i think he's a great play in gpps i think people will look at last week and just have a vomit taste in his mouth so john brown's great i think he's he's awesome on the other side hollywood brown uh not related I said 90 plus yards or a touchdown in seven straight games. But can we go back to him knowing that Tredavious White is on him? I think you can. Again, for me, more of a GPP play. I have a little bit of concern that maybe he just might be a little popular given the price. He's so cheap. 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,500 on FanDuel. I don't really understand what's happening with the algorithm this week and their pricing, but he's so cheap based off how good he has been that I feel like Again, primetime game last week. People saw the game. They saw him get involved. So to me, I will have exposure to him in this game stack environment where I'm building multiple lineups. But to me, I don't think I want to play him in cash this week. Where do you stand on, on Hollywood and cash? I Yeah, I'm definitely not playing Hollywood there. I just like Mark Andrews way better. I feel like I usually pick one or the other between Hollywood and Mark Andrews. Uh, Mark Andrews is, I think he's my favorite play of this week. And, you know, there's a little trepidation when I say that because last week it was Corey Davis, but Mark Andrews is $5,000 on DK. It's so much cheaper than Travis Kelsey. The Bills have allowed the most tight end receptions in the NFL this year. And did you see what Jack Doyle did last week? He has baby hands, the smallest of hands in the league, but a giant beard. And he looked- Giant beard, small hands, 70 yards and a touchdown. I mean, even like Mo Ali Cox was catching a pass or two here or there. Even Trey Burton was getting in on the action. If they had a fourth tight end on the roster, they probably would have caught passes too. Like this Bills team, man, I don't understand what it is. But yes, on paper, this looks like an absolute smash spot for Mark Andrews. Yeah, I think that's just, that's the pivot. Like if you're going to not play Kelsey for some odd reason, we'll get to him in a second, then Mark Andrews is the next best tight end for real, but he's not priced like that. And that's why I like him a ton this week. So Jackson Andrews is the stack I prefer over Hollywood. I think at GPPs, Hollywood makes a ton of sense, but you can play Andrews in cash. I think if you don't want to play Kelsey, then Andrews is the really the only other tight end I would recommend to anyone else. Uh, but let's last guy we haven't talked about really is your boy, JK Dobbins, who uh, Fandle just still is just giving us 
a gift, man. I love them. They're great. Our, our friends at FanDuel are great. Uh, yeah, $6,500 over there. The salary is just too cheap for the format, and it just fits J.K. Dobbins' skill set so well, which is scoring touchdowns. I mean, seven straight rushing touchdowns is insane. Um, and the thing about this matchup is that you can beat the Bills on the ground. In the last uh, month or so of the season, Baltimore is ranking second in explosive uh, play rate or play rate and run rate, both of those. The Bills are 25th in explosive rush rate allowed. So you saw it last week with Naheem Hines ripping off, you know, a 30-yard gain here and a 40-yard gain here, and all of a sudden Naheem Hines has like 75 rushing yards, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> this is the Bills' defense. That is what they do. And when I look at the Ravens, when they're going up against a light box, so this is essentially is six or less defenders in the box. They're averaging six and a half yards per carry. That is first in the NFL. The Bills, they're allowing 6.1 yards per carry. That is dead last in those situations. They play that type of formation on 51% of their plays. So there's going to be massive runs in this game, whether it's coming from Lamar Jackson, whether it's coming from J.K. Dobbins. Heck, I think you could even play Gus Edwards as a dart throw in GPPs. Like, I think you want exposure to some of this uh, Ravens rushing attack. And again, it's going to be tricky to kind of pick out like who's going to score the touchdown, who's going to rip off the long run. But I think you should mix and match these guys. Like someone's going to pop off for a huge gain and probably a long touchdown run. I mean, this is this is just an exciting game in general. In terms of stacking, you know, it's obvious to say Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and we mentioned John Brown, maybe running back with J.K. Dobbins. I think that's a really easy way to do this. On the Baltimore side, go with Jackson and pick Hollywood or Mark Andrews. And then if you want to run it back with Stefan Diggs or, you know, maybe you're saying, you know, Allen's going to implode and I'm just going to go with Devin Singletary. I think that's fine as well. So give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I'll take the bills. I think they keep rolling here and I will take the over in this one. 49 and a half seems low for the offenses like this that are so explosive. I will take the over, but I will actually take the Ravens plus two and a half. I just think that their defense is not good enough. And I think that they're going to get exposed, especially on the ground, like you mentioned. And um, I love the Bills. I want them to win. I want both these teams to win. It kind of sucks. Me too. That both one of Dang these it. teams is going to be eliminated, um, which they will face likely the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 10 point home favorites. Uh, this game is a 57 and a half point total. Oh, yeah. And they're playing the Browns, uh, who really shocked all of us last week. I mean, what is. What is there a way this team can actually show up in Arrowhead and win? I, I started looking back at game logs and I started looking at Mahomes because I think what the game script we mostly have bets is this team just rolls every single time. This guy, this, the Chiefs have been in one score games like seven or eight games in a row. It's actually been kind of frightening if you look at their team and you think they just blow everyone out because those are the games we remember, but. This Chiefs team, this formula against them has been run the ball, control the clock. That's what the Raiders did earlier this year. It's what the Colts did last year. If you remember, the Colts uh, beat the Chiefs. Uh, Marlon Mack had a ton of yards. They controlled the clock. Like That's the way that you could win this game. Did the Browns have a shot, though? <laughs> it's hard to see a scenario where it happens. But like you said, they haven't played close games. The way I interpret that, and and this is true, like they haven't been covering the spread very much at all in the last like six weeks of the season. Um, it, it just like when you watch the games and you watch Pat Mahomes and the offense play, like they kind of feel like they're like maybe not even clicking at 100% right now, which is a situation that you say, okay, I'm going to take that narrative. I'm going to say, well, this is a game where they can come out and absolutely smash that defense. This secondary for the Browns has struggled all year. We've attacked them in the DFS. I mean, they are giving up a ton of yards to wide receivers, tight ends. They have the best quarterback in the NFL in Pat Mahomes. Like on paper, it looks like they're going to come out and roll. But like you said, this this team, I mean, they, they kind of feel like a team of destiny right now. I don't know why with the Browns, but um, and you can run on them, which is what they want to do. So just like the Rams Packers situation, the strength of the Browns offense matches up extremely well with the weakness of the Kansas City defense. So I do think this game could be closer than most people think. I do still think obviously the Chiefs. Uh, pull it out though. It's it's hard seeing Baker Mayfield being able to go on the road and really come through. But if there is a formula, it's feeding Nick Chubb. It's you know it's creating some turnovers. But 
with Patrick Mahomes, you just feel like there's always an avenue where this team comes back. The difference between this Chiefs team that went 14-2 and two, and last year's team is the defense has just improved. They're not having to win the shootouts that they had last year. So they're not having to put up as many points. You know, right now they have a 32.5 team implied total. Uh, that feels pretty likely against the Browns. Like against that secondary that's given up the most pass yards, the highest pass success rate, and the lowest pressure rate of any of these remaining teams. Like this is the matchup when you look at these eight teams that we have on the slate and you go, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's him connecting with somebody. So who do you like better this week between Tyreek and Kelsey? Oh, it's so tough. They're both, I mean, absolutely like, outstanding plays and I can't I wish I could put words to how good these two guys are in terms of playing them it's difficult because they're both expensive but I think Tyreek Hill to me is my preference and that's just because we have Mark Andrews so to me it makes sort of sense in like builds where you're like all right I'll save some salary at tight end but I'll spend up for Tyreek I love both these guys so don't hear what I'm not saying I think they're both great plays but Tyreek Hill is going to come out and just run circles around the secondary Cleveland is 29th in DVOA efficiency when defending deep passes over 20 yards down the field Tyreek Hill is unguardable 20 yards down the field so to me he comes out he catches a long touchdown pass in this one like him a lot this week yeah, I think Tyreek actually is my preferred play this week, especially on FanDuel. Um, I will say Kelsey is basically the wide receiver three on DraftKings and the wide receiver four on FanDuel. He's really the only tight end that you could say, hey, I'm going to flex this guy. Uh, so if you want to do that, if you want an interesting build, if you wanted you know, Andrews and Kelsey, I wouldn't tell you not to do that. Uh, but overall, it's pretty simple in this game. Like You can't really trust the Chiefs running game. We don't really know where C-H-C-H-C-H, sorry, is at. He didn't practice on Thursday, but I I mean, can you he's off your board, right? Uh it depends on the format again. If you're playing in a, a large field GPP, I think he's fine to mix in as a Actually, I think you should stack him with Pat Mahomes if we're going to play him to be honest with you, and it's mostly because of the fact that I the way I see him reaching a ceiling is with like a long screen pass or a wheel route or something where he's running a route out of the backfield. So I think he's fine to mix in. I won't have a lot of exposure to him, though. Um, he is cheap on both sites. But yeah, I mean, he's coming off an injury. He's he's more of a thin play this week. I think he'll be somebody, if if the Chiefs advance this week, then he'll be somebody we'll talk about next week in, in the conference championship. Like, okay, he's, a, he's how you can get different. You know, we'll talk yeah. about different scenarios. Uh, any interest in the other ancillary weapons in Kansas City? My boy, Sammy Watkins or Nicole Hardman? Well, Sammy Watkins might not play. He's still battling no! his calf issue. I know. I know you're excited about it. You got the the Lizard King shirt on there, so you're uh, your boy Sammy. Uh, but he might not play this week. He hasn't practiced yet, so we'll have to see what happens on Friday. But it's tough to see a scenario where these guys um, on paper are good plays. But like we just said, Cleveland can't stop deep passes. What does Michael Hardman do? runs deep routes, and he's extremely explosive. So I think that he's a fine punt play that correlates well with Pat Mahomes if you want to go with the game stack here. So in, in GPPs, feel free to mix in a little bit of Mikkel Hardman too, especially given that you're going to get some uh, punt return value as well. No, I, I think that's a sneaky play if you did the Chiefs defense and Mikkel oh, Hardman. double dip. That's, that's the way I wrote this up. I said if you really wanted to get weird and say, you know what, I think Mahomes is going to get eh, 25 points. Maybe Kelsey gets 15. Maybe Tyreek gets 15. Like Those points actually aren't going to help you win a GPP. So what you're banking on is that the defense maybe comes through and uh, you look elsewhere. You use Josh Allen. You use Lamar Jackson. But that's that's really for big uh, GPPs. You can use McCole Hardman in that format. So who would you run it back with? Let's say you're going Mahomes. You're going Tyreek. Who would you run it back with on the other side? Dude, are we going to really fade a revenge game for Kareem Hunt after last week of how good he looked and the entire offense really looked? But again, the price, I, I do not understand what is happening. Kareem Hunt is $4,800 on DraftKings. I think he was, if I remember correctly, was he 4900 last week? He was He was stupid cheap because remember, yeah. I, played him in, I played him in cash. Yeah, and it, obviously it worked out. And we talked about how this the way you beat this defense is on the ground so i think both these guys nick chubb and cream hunt are great plays obviously cream hunt his skill set kind of more of the pass catching back of the two 
on DK is just his price is silly. So I think you should definitely mix him in in GPPs. On FanDuel, Nick Chubb is just insanely expensive. So I think you could see him being a great GPP play over there because his price is going to keep his roster percentage down a little bit. But I do think both of these guys are great plays because, again, we talked about it. This is what the Browns want to do. They don't really want to have Baker drop back and throw the ball. 40 times if they don't have to. So uh, the most volume will come with those two guys, and that's how you beat the Chiefs. Yeah, you're hoping with those running backs that this game hits the under. I mean, it has a massive total, but you're hoping it hits the under. And or with Hunt, you're hoping that maybe it's catch-up mode and he gets a ton of catches on DK. Uh, Jarvis is a fine play. I think if you want to run it back with Jarvis, that's probably what a lot of people will do. They'll go Mahomes, Tyreek, or Mahomes, Kelsey, and run it back with Landry. I think that's fine. Austin Hooper, can't trust him. Uh, just not really on my radar. So give me your Vegas pick. This is tough. And I'll be honest, I put on the show doc over when it was at like 55 or 56. And it's this is a huge, this is a huge line. I don't know how to read this game. I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll take the over. Um, that just feels like a massive total. Yeah, for me, I mean, if Sammy Watkins plays... Actually, it doesn't really matter if he plays. I just, <laughs> just for the record, hey, he'll be out there running routes. <laughs> I think I think people don't understand this. Sometimes we name players just because we like talking about them. Like, <laughs> I, I totally get that Sammy Watkins is washed in his career. It's totally fine. I just like mentioning him. Um, I will take actually the under. I I just think that the Chiefs one haven't been covering, and fifty seven and a half just feels like it's that's that's just way too high. Um, considering what's going on, so. Uh, last game, the old fart express, the, uh, the geriatric group of the week. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the new Orleans saints, which has the oldest roster in the NFL. Uh, saints are three point home favorites. This game is 52 point total. It's Drew Brees, It's Tom Brady. And you know, this might be one of those games that we tell our kids about, uh, because, I mean, these are two of the greatest of all time. So it's a great matchup in that sense. But New Orleans thrashed Tampa Bay this year. In week one, they won 34-23. In week nine, it was 38-3. to I mean, Brady just was terrible in that game. So are we going to see a lot of the same? Are we? Gonna, I mean, is it just easy to say, okay, the Saints at home, they're just going to keep rolling? I don't know, man. I've kind of flip-flopped, like, honestly, multiple times already this week on how I see this game going because there's a narrative out there that Tom Brady has never lost to a team three times in the same season in his NFL career. His career is very, very long, so it just doesn't happen. He's too good that those things happen. Um, but at the same time, like you said, this defense has had his number, and this is a great defense. They can get after the quarterback with just four rushing the passer because of how good their defensive line is, and they can kind of drop back in coverage and sort of, you know, play the strengths of both of those uh, those pass defense and the, the rushing um, the quarterback. But again, it's Tom Brady. He's playing he's playing better than Drew Brees right now, to be honest with you. So he's just been on fire lately. Um, the narrative last week was he was going to struggle under pressure and he came out and had a great week. So I think that there's a scenario that exists where the Bucks actually do win this game. Now, all that being said, I think the Saints are kind of rounding into form. They are they're one of the most healthy teams in the NFL right now. I think the the Saints do end up actually winning this game. I'll, I'll kind of go with that route. So, yeah, to me, it's it's going to be a fun matchup for sure with Brady and Breeze. But I feel like it's sort of difficult to see both of these guys reaching their ceilings. And, and I feel like we talk about this a lot, actually, with these matchups. Like these two teams, the over, I feel like, doesn't really hit as often. I feel like it's usually one of those games where it kind of hits the under. So I'm intrigued to see what your thoughts are because I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, honestly, with how this game script's going to go. The key to this game is Jameis Winston. We know that. He played Obviously. on the Bucks. He's on the Saints. But Revenge yeah, game. your your point, yeah. Your point is that these teams know each other well, and we usually think of this game just, you know, going bananas, 60 points plus. Uh, but these teams have awesome defenses, especially against the run. I mean, that's like where both of these teams make their mark. Uh, but we both mentioned it. Alvin Kamara is the top play on the slate, just the best. Even though the Bucks have the best defense in terms of run DVOA, they allowed the most running back receptions. Do you know anyone, bets who's really good at catching the ball out of the backfield that's playing in this game? It's not Ronald Jones. Oh, that was going to be my first answer. So for my second choice, I will take 
Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Kamara, yeah, man, that's what he does. So that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, great play. I, I don't understand. Again, what is happening with DraftKings? I do not understand. $7,900 is insanely cheap for Alvin Kamara's workload that he's been getting the last month of the season. Yeah, the the most expensive players on the slate are the Chiefs guys. But then when you look across the board at everyone else, it's like Kamara is af- pretty affordable for being the RB1 on the slate. 7900 is nothing. You look at Diggs, you know, probably up there with Adams and and uh, Tyreek. Like he's he's up there, has the same type of ceilings, you know, super high floor, but he's stupid cheap. Andrews is really cheap. So I think that with Kamara, you're paying up, but not really. I mean, it, it, compared to some of these other guys, I think he's easily the safest play on the slate. Uh, but on the Saints side, you know, is it is it Michael Thomas? And then you just don't even think about anyone else. Again, it, because these games are the, the slate, I should say, is only four games like your choices are limited. So I think in some of these scenarios in tournaments, like you have to be willing to kind of go off the board a little bit. But yes, as far as like optimal good plays, it's Kamara and it's Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas came out last week, had a great game. Uh, we talked about it even before you went on IR with that high ankle sprain still kind of lingering. He was still putting up a 100-yard game. So like he's been good all season when he's been on the field. It hasn't been much, but he has been good when he's been out there. And he's still cheap enough at 6700 on DK and 7200 on FanDuel that you're not paying up for a guy who probably should be priced, I don't know, a 1000 bucks more. The hardest part about the Saints is just that Drew Brees spreads the ball around and we know that he has a super low A dot. So you just expect Kamara to get those heavy touches when they get inside the red zone. I will note that Emmanuel Sanders is basically averaging a red zone target per game. They may not sound like a lot. It's more than Chris Godwin. It's more than Robert Woods. Like he's actually involved. So he's a GPP dart throw at 4,500 on DK, but yeah, I think he's at least worth mentioning if this game hits the over. He's he's interesting. But yeah, it's Thomas, it's Kamara. And then on the Bucks side, I think Brady's interesting for GPPs. Uh because let's say they get behind, let's say the Saints control the clock. They they want to play slow. Tampa Bay actually is ninth in pace of play. So I could see Brady hitting three hundred and just having one of those just volume games. Uh, he played from behind in their earlier two matchups, but Brady, if you're going to stack him, where do you go with those three receivers? To me, I'm going to Chris Goblin this week. He's a great play. 6,100 on DK, uh, a little more expensive relative to their pricing over there on FanDuel at 7,500, but the slot wide receiver against the saints has been effective this season against Chauncey Gardner. Johnson is a great matchup as far as the wide receiver cornerback matchup. So he'll have probably the most favorable spot in this game i love chris godwin this week man he's been getting a ton of consistent usage over the last three to four weeks of the season so if i'm stacking tom brady i'm looking at godwin yeah godwin's my favorite play as well evans hasn't had a ton of success against marshawn Lattimore. those dudes hate each other by the way (laughs) that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch again and then brown's been you know coming on as of late so in gpps you can definitely look his way you can look gronk's way if you want but easiest way in this game is to stack Brady with Godwin and maybe run it back with Kamara. Uh, or, you know, maybe you say the Saints are going to roll again uh, and it's Kamara and you correlate it with the Saints defense. I think that's a that's a solid play. But any other thoughts about this game? Yeah, I'll just point out one last thing with Kamara. I'm not even sure we mentioned it, but Latavius Murray is probably not going to play in this game. So, again, for the workload, for the price, like to me, he's just he gets the lock button in cash formats for Alvin Kamara. And Ronald Jones doesn't exist. Oh, we don't even didn't talk about him. Don't I can't. I can't. I'm gonna lose sleep tonight thinking about that last week. Dude is out of the league in two years, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's probably a little <laughs> too harsh. But uh yeah, Ronald Jones is he's on my bat my naughty list for DFS. I will just yes. I have a notebook for next year bets. I will just say lessons learned, do not play Ronald Jones. <laughs> he's he's hanging out with Mike Lennon. <laughs> you mean Mike Glennon's definitely out of the league next year. That's that's just you can put that at Vegas. So give me your Vegas pick. Again, Tom Brady just I'm gonna go with the stat. He's never lost to a team uh three times in the same season in his career. I'll take the fighting T B twelves plus three. I'm gonna go with the Saints minus three. I just 
think this team is better uh, in a couple of different, and I trust Alvin Kamara to get touchdowns. It's just what he does. So let's go through a couple of different plays, bets, uh, cash game plays. If people were listening to us talk about those four matchups and they didn't hear, give me your favorite couple of cash game plays, and I'll mix in a couple for myself. Yeah, quarterback, I'm choosing between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen um, in, in cash formats again. Love both. One's a little bit pricier with Mahomes. Allen, of course, a little cheaper, but both have the similar upside to me this week and are just safe with how good they've been. I need to mention, you know, we, we mentioned some really good receivers this week. You know, there's Diggs, there's Adams. You can totally play as more of really, I think, contrarian because people will fade uh, the Ramsey matchup. But uh, if you need somebody who's cheap, if Cooper Cup is out, I will be playing Josh Reynolds in cash at 3200 He's a major saver. I think that's a major price, you know, mess up. That's a misprice for someone being that cheap who's going to be on the field the whole time. So I want to make sure I mentioned Josh Reynolds. You can play him in cash at that price. Um, any other cash plays you want to come on strong with? I don't know how strong this is because we, I mean, it's obvious, but, you know, Tyreek and uh, Travis Kelsey are phenomenal. Don't forget about the Mark Andrews stat with the receptions to opposing tight ends, as we talked about earlier in the show. To me, those that's if you have that core, like you're going to probably do pretty well in cash this week. What about, uh, I know it's putting you on the spot, but like for defense, I find that to be the hardest position to figure out because there's some great offenses in here. So I feel like every single game I'm trying to analyze, like, all right, how's this going to work? Because the best defenses you're going to have to also pay up for. So where would you go in terms of defense? Yeah, I just wrote up uh, in the DFS pass as well, a Saturday only slate with my picks. And I, I put a couple of defense picks in there that I actually think are really intriguing. Um, and both of them actually come from the Green Bay Rams game. For Green Bay, they're expensive, but you have to pay up. But it's a narrative where you kind of tell yourself, okay, the Rams are a full touchdown underdog. So predictably, Jared Goff's going to have to throw more than he's used to. We talked about the thumb issue a little bit and more last week. Now this week, he's still recovering from that thumb issue. We talked about him playing in cold weather games where he struggled a ton. In Lambeau, it's going to be freaking cold. Um, and then you throw in Cooper Cup, also likely to either be limited or miss. And so throwing in all those factors combined, you could see a game where this uh, Packers defense is great. And then on the Rams side of the ball, they rank first in, in sack rate, um, first in sacks per game this season. The left tackle for the Green Bay Packers, David Bakhtiari, is out because of the torn ACL. So this is a banged up offensive line. Also, the right tackle actually was on the injury report this week. We'll see if he plays. But you're getting a, a great pass rush against backups on the offensive line for Green Bay. So those two, to me, are my two favorite plays, not considering price, but they are a little bit more expensive this week. I'll mention that the Saints are cheaper on DraftKings. I mean, they're they're the top defense on FanDuel at 4,800 and only 3,300 on DraftKings. So they're they're kind of my favorite play. I mentioned earlier, I like the Saints at home. They've kind of rolled over the Bucks. So uh, Saints on DraftKings, and then I, I need to mention the Bucks. They're all the way down at 3,500. Uh, on FanDuel. So there's discrepancies. You know, Betts and I get to look at the different sites and kind of see like, okay, where's somebody a better value? So in terms of cash, if you want to save some money, uh, the Bucks are the are the team that I would save on FanDuel. So give me a couple dart throws you like. Yeah, how about Gabe Davis? Who? The Bills. Exactly. Mr. Toe Drag Swag himself last week with like two or three insane catches nice. on the sideline. He looked good. Um, and we talked about this game where Zach Moss being out might put them in more four wide receiver sets. Um, he saw four targets last week, caught four balls for 85 yards. He's 4,000 on DraftKings, so he's he's stupid cheap for a game that has a high total that we can see in a shootout. So I think he's fine to mix in uh, in tournaments. I need to say Nicole Hardman, who's uh, who went to school here at Georgia, where I'm from, Uh I just think that he's the type of player that I would want to double stack. So if I'm playing Mahomes, let's say you want to do Kelsey and Hardman. I think that's totally fine. And I looked this up. Hardman actually has positive correlation this year with Tyree Kill. It sounds weird. Like you think, well, they're both the deep guys. They're super fast. They're basically the same player, right? They actually, they actually, when Hardman goes off, when he has a good game, when he scored a touchdown this year, Hill's scored a touchdown every single game as well. But it's kind of cheating because it feels like Hill's always scoring touchdowns, but still, it at least gives you some confidence that if Hardman's having a good game, it's okay to stack him with Hill. 
And I think that will give you a different lineup if you wanted to go Mahomes, Hardman, and Hill. Uh, and then maybe you want to go Hardman and the Chiefs defense. You have to pay up for the Chiefs defense. Uh, I think that, that a lot of people won't want to because they'll nobody's going to be playing Mahomes and the Chiefs defense. It's like you don't really want right. to go there with both. So I think that the Chiefs defense is a great way to say, I'm going to be different from everyone else and gain leverage against some of those uh, Chiefs stacks. So any other quick thoughts? No, I think, man, we, we touched on it all. Lots of, I feel like, deep analysis on these games. So hopefully our listeners feel like they're ready to crush this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited just for people to be able to get into an awesome slate and just watch some football. So uh, I, if you guys want to jump in, message us on Twitter. We'd love to talk about any other plays when it's Saturday or Sunday and give you our thoughts. But hope you guys go out and win some cash. Look forward to hearing from you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.